What is GDPR? And more importantly, how does it impact you and your company? Join internationally known data privacy, data protection expert, Jonathan Armstrong and Tom Fox, the compliance evangelist to learn more about the burgeoning world of data privacy and data protection. After listening to this episode, you'll walk away with a greater understanding of what this means for you and your organization. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back again with Jonathan Armstrong from Corey Compliance for our first emergency podcast on life with GDPR. It's an emergency because uh, as we are recording this today on Thursday, July 16, the uh, European Court of Justice gave its long-awaited uh, decision in the last installment, or I should say the latest installment, of the battle between Max Shrims, Facebook, and Ireland's Data Protection Commission. So, Jonathan, first of all, welcome. Thanks very much, Tom. And I think, as you rightly say, it's the latest, not the last. There is some more litigation, wait for it, uh, between uh, Shrems and Ireland, and maybe we'll talk about that uh, right at the end as well. So, Jonathan, I was wondering if you could give our listeners a quick uh, uh, the legal background and then what happened with uh, Shrims 3 as announced today. Yeah, sure. Happy to. So, first of all, uh, under the old regime and under GDPR, if you're going to transfer data from uh, the EU, and for these purposes that includes the UK, to the US, then you have to have a valid way of legitimizing that transfer. And that could be uh, privacy shield, at least until yesterday, uh, or at least until this morning. It could be standard contractual clauses, also called EU model terms. It could be consent. It could be binding corporate rules. And effectively, this case looked at the uh, the legal basis, if you like, for privacy shield and standard contractual clauses, those model clauses. Um, and where we started uh, was that in um, maybe 10 years ago, Max Schrems, an Austrian law student, uh, came over to the US and he had a debate with a visiting professor who ha- uh, who was from Facebook. And they debated uh, issues around uh, data transfer. And then we had the Snowden allegations. And some of you know that I was uh, fortunate enough to have a, a wide-ranging interview with uh, with Max Schrems in, in Paris in 2016. And we talked about the uh, things that had influenced uh, this case. And one of them was that as a, as a school kid, he'd also been over to the US and he was worried about things like surveillance cameras in the school uh, playground, particularly with his background, uh, obviously from Austria, and having seen how uh, repressive regimes sometimes work. So I think this started off as a somewhat academic debate when he was a law student. And then this has turned into something of a campaign. And in 20. 15, the prior scheme uh, called Safe Harbor was struck down by the European Court after Schrems had challenged the uh, Facebook transfer of data back to the mothership in the US. And Privacy Shield came in in July 2016 to replace Safe Harbor. So effectively, Privacy Shield is Safe Harbor 2. And 
And Privacy Shield took some negotiations between the European Commission and the US administration. And of course, those negotiations started with the Obama administration, but then it was left to the Trump administration to do most of the uh, mechanism and, and, and put those uh, measures in place. And effectively, what happened as far as Privacy Shield is concerned is the court decided that those mechanisms weren't adequate and there was no, uh, no difference that mattered, if you like, between uh, Safe Harbor and Privacy Shield. And they had a particular uh, concern about the way in which the, quote, U.S. public authorities could access data, by which uh, we assume they mean the NSA, and saying that there was no equivalence between EU law on proportionality. Generally speaking, under EU law, uh, to to undertake surveillance, you have to pass a necessity test. And so they said the U.S. doesn't have a similar test. There are no guarantees in U.S. law to protect non-U.S. nationals. There are no rights for data subjects from the EU actionable before the U.S. courts. And this ombudsman scheme that was put in place under uh, Privacy Shield was inadequate. And that's a scheme that had been criticized in the past. We had this bizarre uh, episode where um, temporary appointments were made to that role because the uh, Trump administration wouldn't wouldn't appoint anybody to that role on a permanent and full-time basis and whilst they did that was probably too little too late so so what the court effectively said is that uh, privacy shield was not a valid exercise of the commission's power so they didn't really have the uh, if you like the the weight to to put that decision into into place because it was wasn't significantly different from safe harbor and they also cast doubt on standard contractual clauses so standard contractual clauses can remain but there's effectively a two-step test to say that any organization using standard contractual clauses has to do due diligence on the company and due diligence on the country where they reside and handle data. So if you're using a, a helpline provider, for example, if they're in Privacy Shield, then uh, that's not good enough. And if they're in standard contractual clauses or they suggest that as an alternative, you're going to have to due do due diligence into the company and also the laws of the country where they are located. So, uh, first of my first observation is that uh, this per- this outcome was largely predicted by Max Shrims on your podcast with him, uh, and he has been consistent in his predictions of this outcome since that time. Um, frankly, uh, I'm not too surprised on the uh, the lack of um, proportionality on Privacy Shield. Uh, that was uh, pretty clearly never going to be a part of the Trump administration's remit around uh, this issue. The, the data access, the only thing I would say, uh, government having data access, is uh, it's not that uh, non-U.S. citizens have no protections. U.S. citizens have no protections. 
citizens, period, have no protection. So uh, there was quite a hurdle to overcome. I, I do, uh, I am a little concerned or at least troubled by the standard contractual clauses discussion because I had thought that was going to be a mechanism by which corporations could put some minimum compliance structures around the system uh, to get approval, but um, it's it's perhaps a little bit harder than I might have initially thought of, or thought after my initial reading of uh, the results of this case. Uh, mm-hmm. Any kind of thoughts around the standard uh, contractual clauses and how um, this may play out going forward? Yeah, I think that's a, a very good point, Tom. And I think most people's reaction was a uh, few standard contractual clauses uh, are safe. Uh, and I think most of us have come to the conclusion that that was uh, overly optimistic. And part of the cause of that uh, was that the court's summary came out before the judgment. And perhaps the court's summary uh, uh, fostered that spirit of optimism. And I think most people who are still remaining optimistic are people who've only read the summary and not the the judgment. Um, I think standard contractual clauses are probably still in difficulty. I think, um, obviously, this particular bit of the installment of the Schrems litigation, if you like, uh, was only to challenge standard contractual clauses initially and not Privacy Shield. Privacy Shield was sort of stitched into this reference to the court uh, halfway through the process. And I think we've already had some regulators say that the same reasoning that the court applied to Privacy Shield should also have been applied to standard contractual clauses. So we have one um, of the dead protection uh, uh, regulators in Hamburg, uh, Johannes Kasper, who's uh, got form for his uh, uh, concerns, let's just say, about the U.S. administration. Uh, He seems to be suggesting that standard contractual clauses should also have been struck down uh, by the court. And if the court won't strike them down, then he'll commence investigations. And he has uh, looked at uh, the the workings of data transfer and and brought some cases in the past. And interestingly, I think the uh, Irish uh, uh, data protection Commission has also um, uh, issued its response an hour or so ago, and uh, they've said that um, standard contractual clauses are under threat as well. Their their words are, um, the court has also ruled that the SCCE's transfer mechanism used to transfer data to countries worldwide is in principle valid, although it is clear that in practice the application of the SCC's transfer mechanism to transfers of personal data to the United States is now questionable. This is an issue that will require further and careful examination, not least because assessments will need to be made on a case-by-case basis. So I think that what will happen now is the uh, EDPB, the European Data Protection Board, will meet tomorrow morning. I think they will try and come up with some sort of a, a strategy Uh, across the EU. But I think that's going to be slightly challenging because we're going to get some regulators that are relatively relaxed about it. But then uh, Germany, for example, I think a longstanding critic uh, at at a cross-German level 
uh, on uh, safe harbor uh, and then on privacy shield i think it's going to be hard to get alignment and one of the other important aspects of the judgment is of course that it says and i'm paraphrasing that uh, data protection regulators have to step up to the plate. They can't leave it to somebody else to enforce. They've got a clear mandate under GDPR, and they should go on uh, and, uh, and enforce it. So I think the court will want to see regulators uh, start investigations. And then one other thing I might mention, Tom, that's somewhat circumstantial, is, of course, when Schrem started this crusade, he was something of a lone voice, you know, a law student with uh, talent and with a, a bee in his bonnet. But since then, GDPR, I think, has raised people's consciousness about data privacy rights. It's meant that there are now organizations that are relatively well-funded. Schrems is is uh, is the founder of one of them, NOYB. But we've also had challenges to Privacy Shield from other pressure groups, from Digital Rights Ireland, from Le Quadrature du Net in, uh, in France. So I think even if regulators say we're going to give people breathing space, we're not going to attend the scene of the crime for a couple of months, get your house in order. We've got pressure groups that are willing to take action. We've got works councils for those organizations that have works councils in Europe that will be asking questions. And I think tomorrow morning, we're going to have employees particularly ask questions about things like helplines, about payroll providers, about... Um, uh, global HR systems, about travel management systems. And those questions will have to be answered because, of course, individuals have much more rights under GDPR. So organizations are going to have to develop an action plan, if you like. And part of that is going to be FAQs for employees, FAQs for customers to tell them what their strategy is going to be going forward. Unfortunately, we're near the end of our time, but I, I do have one thing that I would suggest, which is you get a very good night's sleep. Uh, and the same to your colleagues at Cotary Compliance, <laughs> because it sounds like starting very early tomorrow morning, your phone's going to start ringing and you're going to be dispensing or hearing lots of questions and dispensing lots of answers. So uh, uh, good luck. Thanks very much. I think we might need it. So, uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for taking the time to visit with me. We're going to link to the uh, quarterly uh, compliance client alert that's already up. It's been evolving during the day, and as more information comes in, I'm sure uh, you and your colleagues will uh, update it. Thanks again for taking the time to visit with me. My pleasure. Thanks again, Tom. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of Life with GDPR. We're going to link to the quarterly compliance client alert uh, that explores these topics in a little more depth in our show notes, so check that out. Also, uh, check out uh, the quarterly website for a great number of resources around GDPR. Life with GDPR is a production of the Compliance Podcast Network and a proud member of C-Suite Radio. During this corona health crisis, please be safe, stay safe, and stay sanitary. We look forward to visiting with you again next week.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.